Hello, Healing Overflow family. It's so good to see y'all again. How y'all doing? Good. Good to hear. All right. Some some of y'all said not so well, but that's okay too. That's why you're tuning in to Healing Overflow with Dr. Toy. I have a guest that I'm so excited about. I got to give y'all, you know, my Healing Overflow, blah, blah, blah. But I'm going right in and introducing this next guest because I've been waiting to get her on. The scheduling has been rough, but we got it. We got it, family. All right. Okay. Okay. Hold up. All right. Let me do what I'm supposed to do. <laughs> All right. So this is Healing Overflow with Dr. Tori, Social Work Podcast. Thank you all for watching and listening. University of Pittsburgh, shout out to my December grads. Y'all did it. For others, listen, let's just keep on moving and your time will come. If you want to talk with me and interact, I would love that. Email me at toyaj at pit.edu. Also, use the Crowdtrex link or use my email to send me Ask a Therapist questions. Y'all didn't play around. I said Ask a Therapist and y'all was like, okay, I'm going to ask a whole lot. <laughs> so I've been getting so many questions um, that a whole entire podcast was podcast was dedicated to Ask a Therapist. So I think that is so wonderful. There are still a ton more questions. I'm going to keep answering. And guess what? You're going to keep receiving your Starbucks gift card if your question is answered on the podcast. You know, I feel my inner Oprah coming through. All right, y'all. That's all I'm going to say. We're getting right into the guest. Um, today we have Coach Q. I am going to let her introduce herself a little bit, but I'm going to give you um, some of her bio. Um, she is a native of Buffalo, New York, and resides in Atlanta, Georgia, where we wish we all were right now, those of us that live in Pittsburgh. So, because <laughs> it's cold. It's cold, Coach. There's like snowflakes here. All right. Her educational background is so interesting to me, y'all. She has a, a bachelor's of science in biology and psychology, a master's of public health and epidemiology, and a coaching certificate, which we got to get into, like, what is that? But it's from an international coaching federation. That's what it's called, ICF. Um, she has published journal articles for the National Society of Cell Cellular Biology and Emory School of Medicine. Yeah, she's a smarty pants. And so I always look at Coach Q like science, social, worky, and wisdom came together and they had a baby and it was Coach Q. So that's who we have on today. Please put your hands together for Coach Q. <sighs> Thank you, Dr. Toy. I'm so excited to be <laughs> chatting with you today. Thank you for having me. Oh man, it is so, it is such a pleasure. It's such a thrill to have you. Um, you have your own podcast. We're going to talk about that. And the listeners are going to continue to listen and subscribe to yours. And um, it's just such an interesting podcast and it's so fulfilling. And I want everyone to know, like it's pouring in. Talk about pouring into your vessel and filling up and running over, y'all. Really just continue that whole vein, right? So um, I want to talk about who Coach Q is. Uh, you weren't born Coach Q, so... <laughs> No nope, name for Coach Q. <laughs> give, give us a little bit like who is Coach Q? Yeah, so Coach Q, I'm LaQuinte Brinson. So um I am a a proud daughter. I'm a sister. I'm a friend. Um, I'm a lover, and ultimately I'm a healer. 
And so that is who I am if I had to describe myself in just a few words. That is, it captures you so well. Um, and listen, those that are watching the podcast, because a lot of y'all just listen, but some of y'all watch, you're going to see me looking up. I'm looking up at my friend up there on the screen. It's a huge screen in my podcast studio. Um, and it allows me to zoom her in, um, using podcaster. And so it's awesome. So you're going to see me looking up and talking to her, but I said, I'm going to talk to her in the sky. She said, I don't want to be in the sky yet. So not yet, not yet. <laughs> we're not going to put you in the sky coach. Yeah, so on. talk about what is, what is a coach? Is it a life coach? Because I've heard of life coaches. Is that what you go by? Is a life coach? And you're like, what is a coach? Is it a therapist? Just you know, help define that for yeah, everyone absolutely. listening and watching. So coaching is ultimately a professional partnership that is there to aid in um, goals and challenges and success or failures. It's so it's that professional partnership. What started off for me was life coaching um, nearly a decade ago when I was certified. I have evolved and um, done executive coaching. Um, right now I'm working on some grief coaching certification. So it just evolves over time as I see a need. But I believe that um, no matter what the title is, it's all life coaching because I feel like in order for us to get to wherever we want to go, there's something in our lives that we need to address um, before we can progress. Absolutely. I love the way you defined it. Uh, we've had this conversation off camera many times, and I feel like I know through and through what a coach is just from um, our conversations and interacting. And I, and I love it. I have friends that have coaches. Um, I know you have some big name folks as, as, as clients. Uh, I love the confidentiality that you have. I mean, it's just, it, it is such a unique profession. And I'm wondering like, how did you, did you wander into it? Did you always know, were you, were you just this like little 11 year old with all this wisdom or something? Like, how did you get into coaching? Yeah. So no. So at my background, so for psychology, as you spoke of in the beginning, psychology and biology, I kind of married the two in undergrad, which I had this hunger for the medicine side of it, as well as the psychology side of it, because I know that most things that we face, even if it manifests in our body, it really starts off in our mind. And mm -hmm. so I was intrigued by the two. And I'm like, how do these go together? Um, but I was pursuing full-time going to medical school. Um, and then as I got into public health and epidemiology, I started to study different diseases, different groups of people. And mental health was one of the things that I tapped into. And I was like, hmm, and it kind of, as I got more intrigued by it, I just got deeper and deeper into it mm -hmm. and kind of fell in love with the neurology around it all. And from there, it was like I was doing, you know, research and things like that or going to speak on certain platforms of it. And then people would ask me like, oh, can I talk to you? I want to like sit down and talk to you. I'm like, well, I'm not a therapist. You know, I don't want to get into that. And so I started to explore other avenues because I was like, do I want to be a therapist? Do I want to be a medical physician? Who do I want to be? And um, I decided to get into coaching because I thought that it was very important to be able to uh, facilitate a meaningful conversation. So many people think that, oh, let's just talk 
or let me just tell you what I've been through and I'm helping you. But really it is the questions that you ask. As a coach, I don't have to give you the answers, but I have to help you discover the answers within you. And so as I began to uh, gain the tools um, of a coach, I realized that my educational background and skill sets marry those together. And then here you go, Coach Q. Had a baby. Yeah. Absolutely. It came together. I think that is so masterful that you were able to say, oh, wait, let me grab all of these these different areas and put them all together um, for the healing. You said I'm a healer. Absolutely. For the healing of others. People come to you broken, um, afraid. Absolutely. You know, and panics. Like, what am I going to do with my life? What am I supposed to be doing? I'm out here faking it. I don't know what, the, you know, what I'm doing next. Absolutely. I'm putting up social media posts like this, leaning up against the Lamborghini. Meanwhile, I'm on a bus. Like, I don't really know what I'm yeah. doing. Yeah. And you help sort their lives. You help put them together. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. What you do is so important. Um, and, and I'm so glad that we have an opportunity to talk about it. Absolutely. I start hearing you talk about imposter syndrome. Yeah. And what I notice with students, because uh, my Healing Overflow family, y'all are students, but y'all are also people in the community. You're working, you have kids, families. I have a really mixed and broad audience. Thank y'all. That's because of y'all. <laughs> and so, so we're speaking to them all. Imposter syndrome hits everybody. It don't care nothing about, oh, I have all these degrees. I'm so professional. I'm so smart. I have no degrees, but I have all the street knowledge. It doesn't care. It doesn't care. It comes knocking on your door. So I said, we must have Coach Q on to talk about imposter syndrome because I hear so many people talk about that. Let's define it for the audience. If you're not quite sure, once you define it, y'all, you're going to be like, mm, uh-oh, that's me. Right? right? <laughs> What's imposter syndrome, coach? Basically, it's just this phenomenon that you're a fraud, that you Ooh. are not all of the things that you have worked for, all of the things that you know to be true, but some way you talk yourself out of believing like, no, I'm not, I'm not that, or I'm not supposed to be here or I shouldn't be around this group of people, or I shouldn't have a seat at the table. It is really just the mental idea around being something that you are truly are, but you believe that you're not. Mm. Mm -hmm. So you, okay, listen, I think sometimes people um, mix up imposter syndrome for you're not that person and you're faking like you're that person. No, that's not what you just said. You are, you are right. smart. You are supposed to be at the table because you're sitting at the table. Exactly. So you're all those things, but you feel like you're not. So it sounds like insecurities. Absolutely. Okay. It, it stems from that. I mean, it can stem from a lot of things, which we'll get into. Um, imposter syndrome can come from a lot of things. It can come from self. It can come from perfectionism. It can come from our childhoods. It's so many layers of imposter syndrome, but... Either way it goes, we're still doing the work to be something that we tell ourselves we don't deserve. Oh, okay. Since you already went into it, just keep on going. Like you done <laughs> dug, you, you done put the shovel in the ground. I'm like, dig the yeah. hole. Like where, 
Where does it come from? A lot of times people always go back to what comes back to your childhood. Mm -hmm. I'm like, well, a lot of things do, (laughs) you know, um, come and stem from your childhood. Keep talking about that. I'm really interested. Let me liken it to an experience. I think the first time I realized that I had imposter syndrome and I didn't know what to call it. I was in college myself. And so um, in college, I had gotten this great opportunity to um, work with Emory Neurology Department and do some research on Huntington's disease. And so here I am, I get invited to go to their lab. I'm going there as an intern, doing all of this work. I get invited to a conference to present my research where I was going to be, you know, judged on it and then possibly placed with all of the undergrad programs in the U.S., right, for this conference. And so I get there, I do my presentation. What I'm seeing, Yale and Howard and Spelman and all these schools, and I'm like, child, I don't even know why I'm here. Like I shouldn't even be, you know, presenting my research. Although I spent months doing all this research, writing Mm -hmm. a journal Mm -hmm. article and working with some of the best um, names in science. I just did not believe that I should be there. Long story short, when they got ready to do the placement, place one, two, and three. And they said, our third runner uh, um, um, place winner is LaQuinte Brinson. And I sat there like, Good for her. Right. And when they're like, <laughs> you know, my professor's like, you and I get up there in complete and utter shock. And I felt so insecure and so shame. Like, what am I doing here? But I had already done the work. I had already given the presentation and I had already been selected. But some way, somehow, I convinced myself that I should not be amongst winners, that I shouldn't be in the room, and that the work that I've done was not enough. Whoa. Wow. And people looking at you, including me, would never think that you would have imposter syndrome. Never, mm-hmm. never. But we all have, we all have experienced yeah. it at one point or another. And some of us carry it longer Absolutely. and through life more than others. Absolutely. Wow. Okay. I'm getting a good understanding. So I have some, some questions that, that I'm curious about. Yeah. Is, is imposter syndrome like a defense mechanism, would you think? Um, I I think it can be dependent on the scenario, right? Um, I think that imposter syndrome can be a defense mechanism when you are too hard on yourself and then mm-hmm. somebody else challenges you in that way. Then you can be defensive about uh-huh. it. But I think most of the time is a belief around who you are, where you come from, that really cultivates imposter syndrome. Some people deem it as imposter experience, right? Because they're saying it's something that you experience, but it's not necessarily something that you have to live with forever, like a syndrome. It's Mm. not in the DSM, right? We can't, if you go to your therapist, they're not going to diagnose you with imposter syndrome. So they say it's an experience as a byproduct of some other things. So for instance, like imposter syndrome stimulated all the way back in 1978, and it was believed that only women experienced imposter syndrome. And that came from the idea that women were inferior to men. Mm-hmm. So at first, it was just delegated to just women only. But then as they d- did more research, they realized that more people experienced this. But as you can see, that a lot of time it's where you come from, what people believe about you and what you believe about yourself, that really yes. gets it stirred up. 
See, this is her epidemiology degree <laughs> coming out. <laughs> the history, oh, yeah. the origin. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. I love it. I love history of stuff. Yeah. And, you know, hysteria was defined as just a woman's um, mm-hmm. syndrome in, in disorder yes. yeah. in the beginning, too. So I love hearing that kind of stuff. Listen, pull up a chair, y'all. Y'all are in the classroom. <laughs> right now. (laughs) Now I have some more theories. I always got these toy theories. They're running around. So, all right, bear with me. I'm throwing out some more. Is, is imposter syndrome, um, is it masked with, um, arrogance and bragging? What do you think? What's your opinion on that? Um, yeah, because I think that a lot of times we have to put on, I'll I'll speak from the perspective of a black woman in science. Mm -hmm. Um, that's just not a heavily black dominant field for women, right? Right. And so sometimes you do have to put on a certain um, aura about you so you can walk in the room so that you feel like I do belong in this room because if you get in there and nobody else looks like you, then you have to you have to get drum yourself up to feel like okay I belong here and it can come across as an arrogance. Mm-hmm. Some mm-hmm. it's really stemming from an um insecurity where we overcompensate for what we already have. And a lot of students will experience this as you go into the workforce, as you start doing interns, you will start to feel the need to overcompensate. And with overcompensation, there will be a change in behavior. And then that's where we get the arrogance and everything else from. That's it. That's it. Mm-hmm. Ah, that's it. That was gold nuggets, y'all. We just we got some gold <laughs> nuggets dropped. That's it. It's overcompensation, you know, because I'm feeling like I'm inferior. I shouldn't be here. I'm not good enough. All of those feelings. Yes. And all those beliefs, because they're really beliefs is what I hear you saying. Mm -hmm. They're beliefs that are causing the feelings. Now, audience, y'all know I'm a CBTer. So as soon as I heard her say, as soon as I heard Coach Q say, like, it's thought. I said, oh, then that produces the feelings. And then the action is the overcompensation. Like you, you just drew the, the, the Beck cognitive triangle for oh, yeah. me, for all the CBTers out there. <laughs> yeah. yeah absolutely that, right. that makes sense. Because if I believe I'm not supposed to be here, I'm going to act like I don't deserve this. I'm not supposed to be here. So coach Q, how can this, because this sounds like this can permeate through other parts of your life. Like yeah. how can, how can this thought pattern and belief pattern show up in other areas of one's life? Oh yeah. So that the feeling of not being good enough, let's, let's get that down back. That is going to infiltrate every area of your life because the way you see you determines the way you show up and the way you show up determines how everyone else will treat you. And then how everyone else will treat you will point right back to how you feel about you. That's nuggets dropping again, Q. Right? (laughs) (laughs) And so it will show up, even think about relationships. And it could be um, romantic or platonic relationships. You can feel like you're not enough at work. Right. And so you can carry that into your relationship because your your supervisor didn't praise you or your professor didn't praise you. 
Then you go home and then you let that bleed into your relationship. And then you start saying, well, you know what? You didn't praise me either. And they're like, where is this coming from? So a lot of times when we have one issue, we allow it to bleed on other issues. And then it just starts to kind of take over our life. And then once we see everything in our lives beginning to mimic each other and look the same, then we start to take what we feel about ourselves and deem it as truth. Wow. Wow. And if I'm not getting... Mm-hmm. This um, reinforcement or praise or, you know, anything from my outside world, I could absolutely see how it could bleed into romantic relationships. But you broke it down nicely about the job. Oh, yeah. I'm always thinking, well, I'm not good enough to be on this project or to take this, you know, extra work or my boss didn't say I did great or, you know, on, on my paper, I didn't receive this and 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 now I feel like I'm not good enough and I shouldn't even be in, in, in college or in this program. I shouldn't even be in this agency. I shouldn't even be in this profession. I'm never going to make it. Yes. Yeah. And that, that's a catastrophe. That's like, you know, taking the, so, so one of the games that I love to play at home, we have this giant Jenga and my daughter and I, my daughter's 13 and um, it's this giant Jenga and we set it up. We put we put it in the middle of the living room and we play it until it's weeble and wobbling. It's that last peg that you pull out. It's that last cube or block or whatever the heck mm-hmm. those are <laughs> blocks. I think it's that last one and it's weebling and wobbling all the time. And pe- but people don't even know that they're pulling stuff out. Yeah, they don't even know. But it, it's an, it's such internalized um, battles and mm-hmm. beating yourself up. Yes. Because you don't think you're good enough when in reality you are. When you are. That's okay. 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 All right. So what I'm trying to think is how then, if this is my thinking pattern, this is what I've been thinking. I've been doing this for a long time. I've been Mm -hmm. thinking this way. I've been in relationships like this. I can never be good enough for this person. Or even I start flipping it around. You're not good enough for me because then I'm not good enough. It's just a a cycle. You know, I'm not good enough to love. I'm a lovable. Mm -hmm. My CBT years again. It it starts turning into that. Um, How does one get out of this cycle of internal abuse? Like yes. how, do they, how do they get out of this thought pattern? Absolutely. I think it first starts off with knowing your imposter voice. Okay. So you have an imposter voice that is telling you all of these things that go against what you know. So you have your voice and you have your imposter voice. Me, 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 me. Right. <laughs> and so I think it is, for me, I had to distinguish between the two. Okay. I hear that voice in my head saying, you're not enough. You can't do that. You can't accomplish that. But then I I know the reality of what I've already done. Mm-hmm. And sometimes you have to just focus in and say, hold on a second. That's not true. You got to combat it. Because, again, what you believe is going to affect how you show up in spaces. And so if you don't address that imposter voice, then you're going to carry it with you and it's going to start to dominate the spaces that you are occupying. And then you can't change your behavior. So, so yeah, go ahead. Let me, uh, yes. And I'm gonna let you finish cause you're on a roll. But when I think about that, it's like, okay, coach Q, I can hear people saying, but I see on social media, 
But I see people leaning up against their Lamborghini, mm-hmm. you know, that's <laughs> or that they're all in the relationship, all hugged up and taking all these beautiful pictures with filters. Oh, yeah. You know, like, how do I overcome that? How can I just talk to myself when I'm like, I should be doing more. I'm I'm this such and such an age. I, I should. I should be doing it. And I should should. That's that mm-hmm. voice you're talking about. How can they over? How can they just give themselves affirmation? You know, how can we give ourselves affirmation when there's just so much around us that says, "No, nah, you're supposed to be like this, and you're yeah. not good enough." Yeah. So, I mean, that social comparison is is a crazy thing, especially in the world of social media, right? And so, like you're saying, we're seeing people have the success that we want and we're seeing or the relationship or whatever it may be. I always say that there's a part of their story that you don't have access to. So you haven't accessed their story. So you can, sure, if you want to compare yourself to that, but there's a part of it that I'm sure you're missing out. And so I think we have to be real about our lives and where we come from and the goals that we set for ourselves and measure ourselves against self. Because there will always be someone that's going to do better than you, right? But it's like when when I sat down and said, I wanted this for my life, I didn't do it with anybody else in mind. It was what I wanted. So when I measure myself against self to say, ha, five years ago, I, I only thought about this. Now I'm living in it. Then you can actually see your success in where you are and realize that you're not an imposter. Wow. Write that down. <laughs> Write that down. Measure yourself against yourself. I got all off the mic. I know producers was like, get back on the mic. Measure yourself against yourself. It's that comparison mm-hmm. that starts to pull us into this dark abyss. Wow. Wow. Absolutely. Measure yourself against yourself. And then it's okay to challenge yourself and set goals and keep rising and rising. But this overcompensating and and this perfectionist and all, you know, that burns you out. That wears you down. I love the fact that you said um, everything you see, you know, is it, is it, you don't know the backstory, everything Mm -hmm. that glitters ain't gold. You you have no idea what's behind the scenes. And I think a key thing to remember is not allowing exposure to intimidate you, but allow it to inspire you. So when you see someone at this higher level, when you've been exposed to greater, let it be inspiration for you. Don't allow it to intimidate you to say, oh, my God, I can't do this. How could I ever? No, it's because there's somebody I guarantee you that's looking at you and where you are and they are either inspired by you or they feel inferior to you. But you know what you've gone through. And if you could talk to them, I'm sure you would tell them you could do this. Mm. You just don't have the opportunity to talk to the people that you're watching. But if you did, I'm sure they would let you know you got this. Wow. Wow. That's good stuff, Coach Q. Y'all see why I had to have her on the show, (laughs) right? Dropping some knowledge. I know that y'all cups are overflowing. Mine is. This is is so good. Um, Okay. We're going to keep on going because we're on a roll. We're on a roll. So, so what I'm thinking, um, and what I've what I've heard for so long is people say fake it till you make it. Um, and I I want to know because I've heard I've heard therapists, I've heard coaches say that, I've heard you know older wise people fake it till you make it. What are your thoughts on faking it till you make it? Like I so so for for viewers and listeners might not know what I mean. I mean. 
keep on acting as if you believed what you should be believing because you're already dope, right? So what do you think about faking it till you make it, coach? Yeah, so I'm I'm not an advocate for fake it till you make it, although I understand the idea behind it. Um, what I would encourage others and what I encourage my clients to do is to show up in your strengths mm. and not to mask your weaknesses, okay? When you show up in your strengths, right, then you receive opportunities based off of your strength. And then you also have an opportunity to learn where you are weak. But when you mask your weaknesses as if they have arrived, <laughs> right? You you are cutting yourself off from opportunities to become better. But a lot of times we are so focused on um, our deficiencies that we spend all the time dressing our deficiencies up, not even realizing how much power our strengths hold. Wow. So I don't wow. believe in fake it till you make it. You know what? Me either, coach. I'm glad you said it. Because it it um you know what what it reminds me of is the Wizard of Oz. Mm-hmm. That's like one of my favorite childhood movies. <laughs> and the Wiz too. Um, but what it reminds me of is there's this scene where the Wizard of Oz is behind the curtain and he's He's like turning wheels and he's doing all this stuff. And he's like, smoke is coming up and he's spinning. He's like, you have reached the great and powerful Oz. And he does all of this hoopla and all of this magic and smoke. And, you know, Dorothy and the scarecrow and the lion and the tin man, they all think that, that it's this big, great and powerful Oz. Mm-hmm. And they went. Back, you know, and got the witch and and um destroyed her, melted her, <laughs> and brought back the broom. And they're still like, we want our heart and our brain and all this. We want these things that we feel inadequate and inferior because we don't have a heart and a brain and a way to get home and courage. And the and the whiz was exposed by little Toto. Toto went and grabbed the <laughs> curtain, like, hey, look. Look who's behind the curtain. And the and the whiz says, oh, pay no attention to the man behind the curtain. Mm-hmm. Meanwhile, it's him. I love that scene because to me, that's imposter syndrome. Yeah. Like he was I acting like, you know what I mean? When in reality, he was. Yeah. He was great. He was knowledgeable. He was full of wisdom. And he didn't need all of the smoke and all the mirrors and Right. But he felt inadequate. And so he felt like he needed to overcompensate and be this great and powerful whiz when he really had all the answers for all of them. And then to me, it's like a story in a story Mm -hmm. where you have Dorothy, you could have went home all this time. Right. You know, Lion, you were courageous. You you went into the castle where you knew it was dangerous and a witch and everything. You did that already. And and the scarecrow was the smartest character. He always had some kind of, you know, some kind of scheme. Like he got the 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 tree mad at him and had the tree throw apples because Dorothy wanted some apples. Right. Look, I saw this movie way too many times, y'all. <laughs> you know the whole but it, it I never thought about it, but I really like the comparison. It's like I'm tearing down this movie and analyzing it, you know. And then and you're like the Tin Man had a heart because Tin Man cried all the time. He already had a heart. But the whiz said, Y'all already have these things. And then he realized, wait a minute, I had all this wisdom. I don't need all this smoke. 
I don't need all this because yeah. I was already great and powerful. And I and I thought about that when I thought about imposter syndrome. When I thought about having you on, I said, "This is that's what it is." It is, you know. And then you you know, it takes something in your life, or it takes someone to say, "You know, you're already yeah all of these things. Mm-hmm. You're already all of these things." So I love the fact that you're saying. You don't fake it till you make it Mm-mm. because you'll never realize how great you are until you allow some of your weaknesses to show up. Yes. And then you say, oh, I can strengthen these areas. I can grow in this area. And then you're just going to become greater and greater and greater. You know, excuse my slang, but you're just going to be all that. All of that. <laughs> <laughs> I, I love that. Yeah, I don't, I don't agree with that fake it till you make it because then you're just faking and then, then you become what you fear. Yes, and that's an imposter. That is very true. Very true. Yeah. I agree. I agree. Boom. We got it. Okay. I love, okay. So I feel like you got some more tips. And so let's, let's do some tips. I want y'all take out your pen and your paper. So we already started with positive affirmations mm-hmm. and it's not just something like I'm going to pick something out of a book, but I'm going to talk the truth. Yes. to myself. So that's number one. Coach Q said, speak the truth to yourself and hush the inner critic. What else you got, Coach Q? I know you got. I think that. first, uh, one another, another important thing is having a mentor um, that will tell you the reality of the steps that is required to get to wherever you're trying to be. Because a lot of times we don't have, we don't have an idea of what it really takes to get to the other side. We have envisioned this. We've seen enough uh, Insta stories that we put together this whole (laughs) idea of this is what it requires to get to the other side. And so when we're missing those pieces or it's not going the way that we think, then we point it back in the direction of us. Anytime you can just look at things in life when something happens, if we can't find a reason, we'll take it back to us and we take the ownership of it. But what it's doing, it's bringing down our self-confidence and things of that sort. So having a mentor or someone that can really guide you through the steps to remind you and affirm you that, hey, you're on the right track. It's okay if that happened so that you're not always taking the hit for things that are not going the way that you hope. Wow. So a mentor Mm -hmm. acts as two different things for me. Mm-hmm. Um, taking from what you said a little earlier, it acts as someone that I can look up to mm-hmm. and, and their goals. I can look at this person not to feel inadequate right. too, but I can look at them as that's that's the potential me. I can have those qualities. But also it's someone that keeps you on track to say, you are all of these great things. Mm-hmm. And yeah, you can be greater. How can we obtain that goal? I like that a lot. Okay, that's number two. I'm numbering them. However more you have, we just gonna keep. We gonna land on that. <laughs> this is one of my favorites, and it's um, it's managing your emotional hijacking. And you know, I don't want to be too scientific and talk about the amygdala. And the you can't help it. No, don't hold back. Give it to us. <laughs> but that's a, a part of the process. A lot of times, we're being emotionally hijacked because we there we may have an experience that similar or feeling. We experienced something that we felt before. And then we think we know the outcome. Our brains basically say, you've been through that before, but you haven't. Right. And before you get a chance to fully access it, you tap into what you feel. 
And a lot of times we're overtaken by feelings. Feelings. And we are not really embracing the reality of what is happening. Mm. We have to check ourselves. When you feel something, pause. What's going on? Why do I feel this? Because a lot of times you're just equating it to a failure that maybe you've experienced before in your childhood. I mean, it could go all the way back to a spelling test, right? Maybe you got something wrong on a spelling test and then here you are studying for to take your GRE or you're going to take the bar, whatever it is. And you're like, I always get, I knew that word. That same little thing that seems so insignificant can plague you throughout your life. But it's just a feeling that is familiar. It is not the same situation. But we take a familiar feeling and make it the exact same situation. Just duplicate it Mm -hmm. over and over and over. A feeling is not reality. Feelings can be challenged. That's what I heard you say. And that's what emotional hijacking is, is taking over your feelings and your emotions and not allowing you to fully experience the situation that you are currently in. Nice. All right, y'all. Write it down. (laughs) Okay, you did? All right. I'm sorry. (laughs) Yes, don't be emotionally hijacked. Don't allow it. So what I hear in that too, Coach Q, is we have control. Absolutely. We have control. Oh, so we're not just out there flapping around like a fish on the side of 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 the pond, you know? Right. So we have control over emotions and thoughts. Yes. And the patterns. Oh, I love that. Don't y'all feel empowered by that? Oh, yeah. We have control. Okay. Any more? Yeah, I think so. Yes, 100% we have control. But we have to do the work before we get in the position of success. So those daily affirmations start long before the opportunity presents itself. If you believe that you're just going to wake up and feel the most confident in the world, but you're not doing the work when you don't have anything going on, It doesn't work like that. The way you treat yourself in private will show itself in public. Whoa. What are you saying to yourself when nobody's around? It's too much. No, it's not too much. We deserve this. What you say to yourself in private will show up in public. Yes. That's it. How you treat yourself in Mm -hmm. private will show up in public. Child. Wow. So you have to practice this thing. Absolutely. Yeah. Practice being good to yourself. Mm-hmm. Practice loving yourself. I love how you said I'm a lover. Yeah. Practice loving on yourself. Mm-hmm. And then you can show up for others and love them the way they deserve. But you can't do it until you're doing it for yourself. For yourself. Oh, I love that. I love that. Absolutely. I love that. Okay. Anything else? That yeah, you want to say. Yeah, I say I think I'll leave you with one more because I think this one is is super important for me. And I think as I just everyone, as we climb and as we um reach different levels in our lives, is to show up in every room like you belong to be in the room. Because when we show up timid, you know, then we start those thoughts will follow like, uh, but every room unapologetically you belong there Mm. right and allow your full self to be in the room if you show up halfway then you're going to feel like i don't know you're going to start to second guess yourself but when you really show up in your fullness 
the fullness of who you are um, in every room, in every space. You will start to connect with people on a different level. You will start to meet people that can help you as well as people that you can help. But that requires your mm-hmm. full your full self in the space. So yeah, that would be the last thing. That is nice. I think we went. I think we went to five. I stopped <laughs> counting and messed up the count. But I think that was five, y'all. That is beautiful. I love that. I love you ending with that one, Coach, because showing up in your full self, um, your first steps helped us to determine who our full self is. If we don't know who this full self is, we can't do number five or four or five. (laughs) We can't because then we're like, well, who is that? I don't know who that is. But if I have a coach or a mentor, if I am affirming myself and reminding, these are my accomplishments, this is who I am. And not just career and not just, you know, school or I have, but it's everything. It's family. It's it's not just my job, but it's friends who love me. All of those are accomplishments. When you get one, two, three, four, you can do five with confidence. Absolutely. You can be like, oh. <laughs> deserve to be here. Deserve it. I deserve to be here. So my son, he's 16. Shout out to CJ. CJ is 16 and he goes to this prestigious private school, you know, uh, my 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 husband graduated from that school, and so basically he was like, he got to go there. And I was like, all right, you know, because I'm an educator. So I was like, public school is fantastic. It's a place that I think children can grow and learn and have wonderful teachers. Anyway, private schools do too, and so he's there. And I didn't go to a private school, y'all. I went to public, and so um, I my my son would leave, and this is when he was a freshman. He's a junior now. Oh my goodness. He's a junior now. He gets out, he was getting out the car as a freshman and I would say, CJ, you belong here. And I would say it to him. And there was no indication that he didn't think he didn't. Mm-hmm. But I was like, you belong here. You are smart. You are ambitious. You got into this doggone school, mm-hmm. you know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and you you are you are just as good, if not better, than the folks around you. You de- you deserve to be here and you belong here. And I probably said it for several weeks. And one day he turned around and looked me right in my eyes, coach, right in my eyes, healing overflow family and said, mom, I know. I said, Oh, love that. (laughs) Have a good day. (laughs) And I didn't need to say it anymore. Mm -hmm. He's Mm -hmm. like, I know because he's showing up as his, like him. He knows who CJ is. And I was like, I think I did all right. (laughs) I think I did all right. I know. And that, that really taught me something. You know, I'm learning from my then 14, 15 year old that, you know, I know. And, and I have to keep saying it to myself if I don't think I belong there. I know I belong here. He taught me a good lesson that day. So, and you taught us, you know, some invaluable, valuable, you know, whatever words I want to use today, like just gold. That's why I kept saying gold nuggets. You taught us some really good nuggets, simple tips. You broke them down. We know you could have went deep <laughs> with your science, little nerdy. No, I know. <laughs> <Cute> and nerdy <laughs> self. <laughs> you could have went there. We could handle it. We was ready, coach. You was light on us today. <laughs> but you gave us so much that we could write down and we can take as tips and eat it throughout the week and throughout the month. We can 
we can apply it. We can go back to our notes. We can rewatch it. It was it was so valuable, and I thank you so much. Thank you for coming here. I know that the audience, the family needs to know how did they get in touch with you if they have more questions. How did they become? You know, listen. You you coach folks. They might say, "I want to coach." Yes. They can get it. And how do they how do they become someone that you coach? Is I mean, do you? I know you got a list, yeah, absolutely. a waiting list. You know, can they get in? Absolutely. How can they get in touch so, with you? Yeah. Give me all the info. Absolutely. So um um, you can go to my website academyofvisions.com. um, and you can email me at coachq at academyofvisions.com if you want to. And on all social media platforms, it's I am Coach Q. All of this is provided for you below or above, depending on what you're looking at, (laughs) depending on how you're listening, because we're everywhere. Apple Podcasts, Spotify, we're everywhere. So it depends on how you're watching Facebook. It's all provided for you. Click on that thing and get your life for real, for real. How can they read uh, about you and read things that you publish? Like you're published. Um, Yeah. So can they read? JSTOR, I know that the work um, that I've done with Emory is on JSTOR. Um, so Huntington's disease, you can type in my name, you'll find a published article. Um, yes. Of course, like I do have a book, so Pregnant with a Vision, which is, you know, just I took the scientific approach again on the reproductive cycle and um, purpose. And I kind of liken purpose, our purpose to that. How do we develop purpose? And I just use the reproductive cycle to kind of tell the story of what happens in the human body um, and to kind of help you understand what happens with your purpose. So the whole nerdiness, it does not go away. <laughs> it doesn't go away. I am a, a true science junkie. And lastly, um, you can check out my podcast. It's called Coach Therapy. So the Coach Therapy podcast is on Spotify, Apple, YouTube, um, wherever you like to listen to your podcast, you can find me there. Everywhere, y'all. How did she casually say, I, I got a book? <laughs> <laughs> I was like, mention your book. I know about your book. Let's go. <laughs> oh, yeah, I got a book. Yeah, she's an author. She's a podcaster. Listen to the podcast. There is something about you, coach. When I listen to your podcast, it's so warm. Mm. It's so inviting. It's not condescending. You're not talking down. Like y'all need to get it together. You need it's like, listen, do this. See this. Try that. <laughs> you know, <laughs> observe this. That's already here. It's beautiful, y'all. I feel like there should be like glittery, like <laughs> bubbles. When you talk, that's the feeling I get. Y'all know I'm a gut feeling social worker. I'm always like, I feel it. That's what I feel when I listen and when I watch. It feels like just warm, like welcome, come on in. Um, Y'all won't be disappointed. All the information is above or below. Click on it and keep healing. Keep healing from what you hear, from what you read, from what you experience. Mm -hmm. Keep healing so so that your healing overflows onto everyone around you. This has been a beautiful time with Coach Q. Thank you so much for coming again. Thank you for having me. Thank you, everyone, for listening to Healing Overflow with Dr. Toy. I'm Dr. Toy. We've become really good friends. That's why I call you family. Thank you for sharing. Y'all share the podcast. Y'all watch. Y'all share. It's going to do, 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 do each 
each time I put out a new podcast. You can listen to a past or present podcast through Linktree. Click on the link and just catch up. Catch up if you need to and comment and send, you know, correspondence and send questions. Y'all been doing that and I so appreciate it. Keep healing. You know your healing will overflow onto everyone else. Thank you so much and I'll see you next time. Bye, y'all.